This episode of the Grown Ass Man Hip Hop Show is brought to you by BadMagics.com. BadMagics.com, more than just an online journal or a clothing line, BadMagics.com is a lifestyle brand dedicated to keeping you fresh from art to the music to the gear. BadMagics.com, shout out to the magic man. BadMagics.com, defenders of the true school. I think it's time to grow, yeah. homie. You better know. Tell you know it's time to grow. Back once again in your mouth, one time for all my folks. You know what, man? I'm about to do this the way we always do it, man. Set that bitch off like this. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, listen to the smooth sound. It's a goddamn classic. We fell in love. Young and innocent then. Bitch. How it all began. It just seems like heaven. So I did I bet you remember. I was just informed by Jonathan Crane that this whole album was produced. By Teddy Riley, we owe that man. Yeah, Teddy Riley is is more of a legend than people think. We need to get that man a lot more respect, dude. Yeah, we 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 owe Teddy Riley a lot more respect. Um, people uh people give him credit for Black Street and Guy and, and, and different uh, things like that, but Rex and Effects. But the man produced the show. He did by Dougie Fresh and Slick that. Rick. He produced that shit. That is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He's just one of those people, people, they, they don't really focus on as much as they should. No, man. A lot man. of people just, uh, they're legends and folks just don't give them credit like that. It's like, damn, why not? It's That man, like I said, he deserves a hell of a lot more credit than, than what we give him, man. That, that man is the shit, man. Um, Let's go ahead and set this motherfucker off, right? Gonna set this bitch off the way we supposed to. On the phone. What it is and what it do. This is the grown ass man hip hop show. I am your boy Lawrence G, and you are Jonathan Crane. And Joe still ain't here. <laughs> he that we don't um we like to put out an APB on Joe at this point. We don't know where he's. He just never came home one he day. He just never came home. We we're in his house eating his groceries. Rearranging yeah, it's his really furniture. messed up. Like I don't even. I it's it's really it's a really unfortunate situation. Like, we be in that nigga house just eating his groceries and drinking his motherfucking we, water. We literally are inside of his home. Like it's like we be like we like awful ass roommates. Kind of yeah. Like we the roommates that you know you come home and you know you cleaned up. I, I feel ashamed about this shit actually. You know how do you did that roommate that you know before you left you cleaned up and when you come home shit is all different. Oh, and ain't nobody home to argue with it about. Well, I was that dude. I, I was I was that person. So I guess I don't know what that's like because I was the the messy ass person. I was extremely messy. Shame on you. Shame on me. It's another good ass song, man. Um, last week, man, we had a real the 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 uh, top ten worst '90s rappers. Man, it got a little buzz out there in them streets, man. It uh. Social media, man, it, it kind of flew around you social what, media man? on the Facebook page for a minute. 
I don't have anything to apologize for. Not at all. I think that Magoo belongs on the list. I think that uh, the birds being the words. <laughs> Did you listen to that him, verse, man? Landed him on the list. That, 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 that verse, man. That verse, man. That verse. I've heard several of his verses. And you just don't think Magoo is good. I just, I'm just not a fan. I think a lot of people share my uh, sentiment. Yeah, like it's two of y'all in the whole world. The rest of us agree with Timberland. Okay, okay. <laughs> you sure you <laughs> want to spread that out a little bit more? Ask people whether or not they uh, they think that he's uh, I lacking. I don't need anyone else's opinion. I have. So why don't you just own. tell the truth, man? Why why don't you just tell the truth that you know? It's kind of like the movie that you watched and you enjoy, right? You watch the movie, you enjoyed it. So when people are talking shit about the movie, you're kind of like, you know, I, I kind of thought that he acted pretty well in the movie. Really, man? He fucking sucked in that movie. He did a good job, in my opinion. Like, no, man, that was just one of your favorite movies. So you want to protect it. You can't protect Magoo, man. There are there are people on the my... The bird, bird, bird. There are people on the Fourth Coast Media Facebook page that would argue with you. The bird is the word. The bird is the word, damn it. <laughs> the bird is the damn word. But hey, did you hear about the bird? If it didn't have a word. I know Everybody I heard about the motherfucking juice. About the bird. I heard about the motherfucking juice. You got more info. See, you've you been on your news shit. You've been on your news shit a little bit harder than I am, man. This um I'm finna pull out that's Talk or, that sports shit Oren, nigga It's Orenthal Talk that sports shit nigga We or, got the Orenthal James Simpson I'm not black I'm OJ Okay When I was a child I actually didn't know That OJ Simpson played football Because you know I was a kid I, I didn't know I You mean, only knew him As the murderer He got he got acquitted for I only him. knew him As the dude From the Hertz commercials And Naked Gun And and uh, NBC <laughs> Sideline report that's those are the three, you know, though I was like, oh yeah, that's a dude from Naked Gun. More Naked Gun than anything with Leslie Nielsen. Right. Classic. 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 Um, Naked Gun 33 and a third and all that type of stuff. I only knew him from that. And uh so when it came out that that he may have what do I mean may have he murdered his fucking <laughs> He wife. murdered a white woman. He sliced his goddamn wife's head off. And her boyfriend. Which is the true tragedy. The true tragedy is that Ron Ronald Goldman was was brutally murdered just for just for being a decent human being just for trying to fuck a woman which there's nothing more tragic yeah, than but that. you know more people die behind pussy than plane crashes car accidents that's the number one killer it's of pussy is the number one killer among all men <laughs> it, 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 pussy it fucks all of us up so when we when i was a kid man that's what i knew him from and there was uh, something a lot of people never talk about in living color went off the year before the whole O.J. Simpson thing happened. I think O.J. Simpson happened 94. I think right. In Living Color went off like in 93. And I thought to myself, oh, my God. They just dodged a bullet. It would have, man, In Living Color would have lasted until like, like 2001. <laughs> it would have been, that would have kept it around because you don't, you remember the end of In Living Color. The end of In Living Color, James Carey, not Jim Carey, but James Carey was still there, but everybody else was gone. Every, yeah, everybody it was, was like gone. Jamie Foxx, Jim Carey, and then the little Wayne's brothers that were making their rounds. Yeah, they kind of had a new crew. They right. fell off, but anyway, O.J. Simpson, Orenthal James Simpson, the Juice, the Juice could possibly get released from prison. He should, he could possibly, you know, get parole. He could be paroled uh, pretty soon. So. A lot of people are saying it's a foregone conclusion. And um, I don't really know what to think. Because when I was a kid, I remember celebrating, me personally, 
I know Joe didn't, but I celebrated the fact that that he got off. Hell, I did too. You know, I um, did too. Let's 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 just keep it real. Celebrating the uh, acquittal of Ornithal James, uh, the Juice, uh, the number, Juice number number thirty two was it? I believe. Yes, he played at USC. Man, um, he was a Heisman Trophy winner. He is the epitome of everything that is happening in this country right now. With police officers, explain uh, how. With police officers murdering African American people and getting away with it, <laughs> he's the he's the epitome. He is he is our poster child because for uh, decades, white men were murdering black people hand over fist and walking out of the courtroom scot free. Very true. Because so, they had power and influence. Yes. And and Something so did OJ. That OJ had he had power and influence. He and because did. of this, he he escaped. He was acquitted. He had yeah. a legal team of all legal he had a legendary legal team, like Epley Bailey and um uh Robert Kardashian. Robert Kardashian, <laughs> uh Robert Man, the myth, the legend, Johnny, Johnny Cochran. <laughs> Fucking superhero. Johnny Cochran is a bad motherfucker. He got he two was. niggas off for murder. He, that he got off Snoop Dogg and OJ Simpson. His, your record <laughs> well, can't Snoop get Dogg no better really than didn't that. Do it. Snoop Dogg just his 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 bodyguard just defended his life and they just tried to take him down because he was a rapper. Right. That was pretty it. much. Pretty but much. um OJ, that was that was a much more that was a that was a more difficult situation for for uh Still. How many niggas you know to get two niggas off of murder in one lifetime? And still live to tell about And still, well, and, and, then before, <laughs> and then before he died, start his own nationwide firm, nigga. But think about this, okay? Um, I'm not going to get too deep into, DN, into DNA evidence, but I remember being a kid and a lot of people, I mean, 100%, the reason why he gets off, the jurors didn't understand DNA evidence because at right. that time it was pretty new. It was new it was really um, something that they didn't understand. They didn't understand like your genetic fingerprint and all these different things that the prosecution, they were trying to explain to these folks and they just, they were like, yeah, this is like 20 years before CSI. So. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> now they're like, how the fuck did they not understand? It's like, you saw house motherfucker. You've been, you've watched house for the last 10 you've years. been watching bones. Exactly. Exactly. So of course you understand DNA evidence at the time. I it was new. The shit was new. It, the whole technology was just starting to develop, and and forensics was it was reaching a new plateau in in policing. So at that point, it was really just started to be used, and nobody really knew exactly what to look for. You know, what I learned about DNA evidence and about just really about the the structure of a cell and all that different type of stuff. Um, I was watching Jurassic Park. Do you remember the the scene where they were trying to? They had a lot to explain in the film Jurassic Park, okay? They had to try to convince you that it's possible, even in in a, the cinematic universe, that they could bring dinosaurs back to life. Right. So they had this little, like, um, this little cartoon. Just one drop of your blood contains billions of strands of DNA, the building blocks of life. A DNA strand like me is a blueprint for building a living thing. And sometimes animals that went extinct millions of years ago, that like dinosaurs. They talked about like your genetic code and different pieces of your genetic code. And they had I remember connected, that. All that different type of stuff. Right. And it was done so simple. And at the time, I was studying it in school. I was like 12, 13 years old. So we were learning about DNA cells. And that plus 
Jurassic Park. I felt like honestly I knew more than the jurors did <laughs> because not to be an asshole, but these folks probably went to school in what the seventies, 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 seventies. They never right? had that class, yeah. so right. I, I was having that class, and I remember thinking to myself like, man, if his DNA, his genetic fingerprint is all over the gloves and all over the <laughs> the shoes inside of the car footprints like all of these different things i'm like this motherfucker committed murder he's a goddamn murderer the dark Listen, part of that what what i mean <laughs> white people one million black people one yeah that's very true you know so we took our one and 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 we wrote it and we wrote and it you couldn't ride it anymore it's not right it's unacceptable it's unacceptable to celebrate the death of, of two people i'm not celebrating the death of two people i'm celebrating the uh, emancipation oh, I know, of I know one that. man. I understand that who part. murdered two people. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to. I'm prefacing. You know. I'm, I'm kind of saying, hey, I know it's wrong. I know it's wrong. But you have to understand that black people took a lot of L's. They took a lot of losses. So many losses. It made a lot of us hard. It made a lot of us kind of say, you know, you don't care. You don't you never gave a damn about all of these people who got murdered. You never gave a damn about all these people who lost their lives. You you lost no sleep. So for once, now, you know, our pain, which is that's tough. That's tough. Right? It's, it's tough. It's tough to think about that. But and that, in my opinion, I felt like people knew that he was guilty. They were celebrating that. They yeah, were exactly. That's exactly what black people. A lot of black people were were, were celebrating. And um. There is a a conversation of people that really think that he didn't do it, and, and it, I don't know. I don't know. I never met I too many people. I don't. But as I, that's what I'm saying. There was. I remember in the '90s there was a small group of people. I remember talking about the fact that he got off because he didn't do it. No. And as it as we got more and more away from the situation, I heard more and more people say that nigga did that shit. I think most people were saying that back then, but they out like, I think. Publicly, people were like, they're just trying to, you know, they're just trying to bring him down. They're just trying to, yeah. But yeah, just amongst, when it was just two or three people, people were like, he probably cut I've always said, I, did, I said OJ did it. I said OJ, I've been doing that shit. I, okay, that was like 94. How old was I? Like, what, 14? I've been saying that shit since I was 14 years old. That <laughs> motherfucker did that shit. Yeah. Man, I don't care. He did it. He did. He did. It's it's funny. Have, okay, listen. If you ever get a chance, listen to a song by a group called Aquilio. 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 The cousin of Aquimini. They're all. They're in that Tech Nine lane. They do the face paint and everything. Okay. They got a song called OJ. Are they on Strange Music? I think they're Strange Music affiliated. Of strange course. Music of <laughs> That's just great. They're they tour with Strange Music. I don't right. know if they're actually signed to Strange Music, but they got a song called OJ Did It. <laughs> That song is fucking amazing. OJ did it. OJ did it. OJ did it. OJ did it. Former American football star and actor OJ Simpson stood accused of murdering his ex-wife Nicole and waiter Ron Goldman in a bloody knife attack. Find the defendant Orenthal James Simpson not guilty of the crime of murder. The verdict divided America and the world. In the eyes of many, despite his repeated protestations of innocence, he was and remains a guilty man. But the world has not been told the full story.
Guilty is what the verdict should have been. Shackled and stuffed in a pen. His wife was fucking his friend. So he lost it and gave her what he thought she deserved and more. A crime of passion, a jealous rage, stabbing her, screaming more. Completely gore, even the score. Waited till Ron got to the door. And to see if Nicole was at home for sure. The dog knew he was there, but they didn't. He was hit. As the steps were getting louder, he was getting anxious from sitting and waiting for the doorbell to ring. And for Ron and Nicole to expose their little fling And once the front door was closed His eyes got teary All the days that she left him weary Was the cause of this fury I don't know about your theory It's eerie, I'm not convinced It seems the jury was clearly convinced of his innocence It's evident that the evidence used in his defense Contradicts what they found off his shoes and his footprints His bloody Bruno Mollies were muddy The scene was ugly Was he guilty of murder? Let's open the case further The murder glove didn't fit Seems love didn't exist With Orenthal and his wife Which led to her getting sliced with a knife Yeah, Till she bled out on the patio That's my point Exactly, what makes you think he didn't stab her though? A 6-1 pro baller couldn't grab her throat Kill her then tack a road to the gravel like a natural They drag them both, stab them in the back some more Like they did him, which is factual They got a divorce, cause she was cheap That's a fact, you know Is that reason to attack him? No babbling how he slashed the throat Thrashed her, gave her gashes Till blood washed out and splashed his but clothes But he left the left glove And his left hand was cut But pinning the murder on him That evidence ain't enough His blood in the Bronco are you telling me that was planet? It's possible nowadays you can't take anything for granted. This film reveals that the evidence heard in court was only part of the real OJ picture. did it, no he did it, OJ 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 did it, yeah he did it, yeah he took that neck and slid it, OJ did it, no he didn't see that club, he couldn't fit it, OJ did it, yeah he did it, it's a must that you admit it, OJ did it, if he did it, then he wouldn't have been acquitted, OJ did it, no he didn't, OJ did it, no he didn't, OJ did it. No, he didn't. OJ did it. No, he didn't. OJ did it. Someone tell me how the guilty gets acquitted. OJ did it. All the evidence is saying that he did it. OJ did it. No, he did it. OJ did it. No, he did it. OJ did it. Did he? No. It finally hit him. This murderous crime was on his mind one time. Wanted him dead or alive. They were out to get him. Slashes and screams as this tyrant left Bundy bloody. Now the rings of a siren. Leads him to staring in a barrel, his spirit is broke Rob Kardashian reads a letter to the press that he wrote The gifts eating away, eating away Drunk old speeding away This is blatant, what more do I need to say? I can give several scenarios Showing you OJ's innocent Though he's looking incriminate What I present is intricate See he had a son with a bad degenerate temperament Who handled sharp instruments That may have led to dismemberments He was a chef in knives They were his specialty Had an aggressive past Seems violence was in his pedigree Assaulted his girl and his boss Which is a recipe Explaining through destiny Why Nikki Simpson now rest in peace nah, No, no, no He's just another nigga You really Think a son will kill a mother figure? You're just describing a small kid that is scarred Cause his daddy is rich, but still he has to work a job OJ did it, bullshit, don't let him sell to you Killing people for daddy when you hate him, that is hell to do Where was Mr. Juice on that night? That's what you failed to prove If Jason called the initials in their bodies Now that spells cahoots, but that didn't happen Well 
than what did You come through all the evidence now Except what's it, Mr. Snake Charmer It seems that there's a kink in your armor Kardashian and Cochran die Is this related to karma? And is it karma with OJ and all this time that he's facing? I'm just saying his son was named Jason And they were stabbed OJ did it, no he didn't, 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 OJ did it, yeah he did it, yeah he took that neck and slid it, OJ did it, no he didn't see that club, he couldn't fit it, OJ did it, yeah he did it, then some must that you admitted, OJ did it, no he didn't, OJ did it, no he didn't, OJ did it, no he didn't, OJ did it, no he did it, OJ did it, no he didn't, OJ did it, someone tell me how the guilty gets acquitted OJ did it All the evidence is saying that he did it OJ did it No he did it OJ did it No he did it OJ did it Did he? No Hey yo, get y'all some snacks Come on down to the grown ass man hip hop show This is your man Sean Judah Birmingham, love y'all But listen Moving on, talking more of that sports shit before we get into our topic. If you if you could even call that sports. Sports really- shit. He threw a football and he ran. He's, he's an athlete. <laughs> not not an athlete like like normal people say, no, but no. an af, a athlete in the there, Magic Johnson there, sense of There the is a difference. There is a difference. Can yeah. you believe that Magic Johnson had a goddamn talk show? Anyway, we don't have time. We don't have time, <laughs> we don't have time to discuss that. Talking that sports shit. Magic. Conor McGregor and, and, and Floyd Mayweather. Uh, I want to say this, and then because you more on your new shit than I am this week, uh, I'm going to hand the floor over to you. My father, who you know very well, yes. is a it's avid. A great, it's a great man. Great man. We need to have him on this show. I'm just afraid of what he'll say. <laughs> I'm just really afraid. Um, oh, man. That'd be, that'd be awesome. It's either going to go, having my dad on this show is either going to go one of two ways. It's either going to go really good or really bad. Really good because he may not say something. He may not. He may just not say all of the stuff because he'll he realize there's a microphone in his face and he'll and he won't ham it up. Yeah. Or it'll be legendary. It'll be legendary. It'll be fucking legendary. Either way, I won't see what happens. But anyway, so you know, my dad is a big you know sport uh, boxing fan. He showed me a, a clip uh, from 2013 of Mayweather sparring with his father. And he no. was like, and he was like, you see that? See the way he's moving, the way he's, that's the, that's the reason why that white boy gonna whoop his ass. I looked at my dad like, nigga, Conor McGregor finna get a very expensive ass destroyed. whoop. This dude finna get a very expensive ass whoop. He's going to get destroyed. Um, Man, okay, just, just from the boxing side of it. If this was an MMA fight, all right, the fight would probably last two seconds, Floyd Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather would be submitted in about two to three seconds. He would be beaten brutally or he would get submitted quickly. This is not an MMA fight. This is a boxing match. And we all know that Conor McGregor uh, blocks punches with his face. And I think a lot, <laughs> I think a lot, <laughs> I think he's a skill. He's a skilled guy, man. He has a hey, when you're in the when you're in mixed martial arts, man, you have to really watch out for kicks elbows you have to watch out for so much more than just punches so um i think that's something to say but when you're dealing with the the tactician when you're dealing with a man who is the greatest defensive boxer that we've ever maybe we've ever seen at least top three defensive boxer ever and this is your first boxing match yes you're a fighter 
Sure, you're a martial artist. But this is your first boxing match. And you're facing the greatest. Like, people have made this point. It'll be his last. Well, maybe. Maybe <laughs> so. Depends on how much money he's made. He's going to get his bag and take his ass back to MMA where he should stay and keep his fucking mouth shut. Well, it's it's... That's completely possible, man, but it just depends on what people want to see. If <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to really see this because I don't think it's worth watching. But there are a lot of people who just want to see Floyd Mayweather lose so bad. He ain't going to lose to him. No. He is not going to lose to him. I don't know at this point who Floyd Mayweather could lose to. But it ain't that guy. No. I mean, I thought about Triple G. I thought about people like that, but... He's he's older now, you know. Floyd Mayweather is an older guy, but then Triple G is like thirty five, right. so it's like a five year difference. And uh, I mean, I'm still gonna go with Floyd Mayweather because I just haven't seen him lose. But the the build up for this man, that's the thing yeah, I really want. I, I want to talk talk about that build up. I'm gonna say this way: you go into the build up. Um, I think that we won't see another uh, Mayweather fight after this because you know he he wanted to break the record tax uh, tax situation. You know, well the tax situation too. Well, yeah, that might change a lot. Uh, that might change a lot. But here was my here was my theory before the tax situation came up. Uh, he wanted to initially go fifty and zero. He stopped at forty nine. Yeah, didn't Rocky Marciano? Rock, Rocky Marciano was fifty and zero. He stopped just shy of that record. Well, this fight will be his fiftieth fight. So the question is: Was he going to try to get to fifty one? Do you go to fifty one? And ended there, especially since you I don't got think tax people problems. Even look at this like it's a legitimate fight for real. Or yeah, I mean, it, dude, this ain't nothing. But Un- unless unless you're just a complete, I don't know, man. It's just I feel like if you're not getting, even the experts are getting caught up emotionally. And so if you get caught up emotionally, I've watched a lot of experts. A lot of people know fighting. People watch boxing, but they just they're getting caught up in the emotions of it, and they're making a decision based off of that. You know what I mean? And then you have your absolute novices. So you have your people who are just caught up in emotions or a novice. You know what I mean? Just someone who's And just, let's, let's, let fact, let's not forget to factor in the uh, haters who just yeah. who just want to see Mayweather take a L. They just want to see a man lose. Right, exactly. Which ain't going to happen. And he's, played this, he's playing this character. They're both playing this char- their characters. They're both playing their speak, roles. Speak into that. Even please. though... <laughs> yeah, talk about that, please. I haven't seen the footage yet, but yeah, it's I, legendary. I, I, I'm trying. I'm trying awesome. to get you to watch it because it's so interesting. I just ain't had time with all the shit I got going on. I just ain't. They had time. have, of course, when you build a fight, you have um, a press junket to go on. You have press tour, like you you go from country to country. If it's a mega fight, you go from country to country or just state to state, and you're trying to get people to buy in, try to get people to pay a hundred dollars, like the Manny, Manny Pacquiao Floyd Mayweather fight. You're asking people to pay $110 or something like that for this legendary matchup. So you have to promote it. And the promotion tour has been legendary. It's been entertaining. You, It's it's everything that you will want for, I don't know, I guess I say the first two. I mean, the man wore, I hear the man, man wore a, a pinstripe fuck you jacket. <laughs> A uh, he called May- Conor McGregor came out. It's it's like wrestling. Conor McGregor came out wearing a um a fur coat with no shirt on under it. I think. Yeah, it was crazy. It's just like they're literally. I cannot. You have to watch this man because it's it's so hilarious. But 
it's it kind of like lines started getting crossed. They're just going all out at each other. They're going all out at each other. Conor McGregor, they're calling each other a bitch. They're calling each other like they're just going. I, I mean, Floyd Mayweather lost it, and he he yelled a homophobic slur at him at one point. Like this is intense. And Floyd Mayweather's daughter's up there too. She's they're just there. Did he say something to her? I don't. I didn't see that part. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. But. He also kind of said some shit that I kind of felt like was on the line racist. It was on the line racist. Right. It's like, is this racist? He's talking about the uh, dance for me boy line. Yeah, he kind of said that. And I'm like, a lot of people are saying, well, that's not really racist. He's just he's just saying, you know, he's just telling him to to dance. It's not necessarily. I'm like, "Uh, it's kind of right on the line, man. It's kind of that's kind of a little bit right on the line. Do you think it's first of all, I know. When they're doing these promotional tours, when fighters are doing these promotional tours, they want you to buy the fight. So, of course, maybe they talk before they got, this. They got to build a story arc, man. Did they Did they have a conversation before? I think it's like wrestling. In wrestling. Exactly like wrestling. I mean, in wrestling, you know, the guy throws you off the, uh, he throws the other guy off the ropes, he puts him in a headlock, and then he whispers in his ear, okay, now I'm going to do the power drive. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes so, and sometimes you can see it, and sometimes you can see it. It's like they're they're constantly communicating with each other. But I don't think a wrestler ever said, "I'm gonna I'm call you a nigga next." I don't think that ever happened. <laughs> I don't think that shit ever happened. Hey, hey, next time, next move, I'm gonna call you a coon. Exactly, exactly. I don't think that ever happened. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm talk about your mama. Well, obvi- obvious, obviously, <laughs> you know. Obviously, he didn't know he was going to go that far. They're just talking about, you know, we're trying, we sell this, you know, make sure you sell it because they came out or Leonard Ellerby is um, associate of Floyd's. He said that he's not racist. He's like, look, he's not racist. You know, these guys are trying to sell a fight. They're trying to sell a fight. And um, I think that they were in the process of trying to sell a fight and Connor kind of just let some crazy shit slip. And they both let both let some crazy shit slip. That's what I think has happened because they're going at it, going at it so ferociously. Just just play yell at someone. It's like when you play fight and you play yell. You ever play fought with <laughs> someone around, and you know, slap someone in the, in the face for real? Yeah, yeah. Then the fight break out. You know, you you play yell, you joke around, you yell, and, and then what happens? You know, you have to get into a real argument. That's what's happening. Yeah, man. So you yeah, know man. maybe Connor let some shit. I slip. think he just I think he just let some, the motherfucker got in the character and, and stayed there. <laughs> Dance for me, Nick. I, 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 boy, boy, boy. Dance for me, boy. Dance for me. <laughs> you fucking. I'm trying not to make him just sound like a Lucky Charm. Complete breakfast with marshmallow and Lucky Charm. You sound like a a, a, a police gonna, officer. Well, <laughs> a New York police officer. Go for it. Well. That, His name is McGregor. Making him sound like Lucifer now. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. Hey, man, but, not um, all New York police officers are racist scumbags. I don't really know. Just I've never lived in New York. I live in another place where racism is a whole other animal, and you can make your assumptions. Yeah, yeah, we can. <laughs> you can be 99.999999% correct about your assumption. Sometimes you can. But uh, anyway, man. Let's go ahead and get into this top 10 list, man. Yes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Ten. This is the grown men top 10. Uh, we got a. Last week, man, we did the uh, 90s worst. And one thing that we discovered was 
How hard? <laughs> how, that was how, extremely difficult. How difficult it was to come up with 10 rappers who were just bad in an era. And the and the notable thing without, about without it. Without just choosing some easy. We didn't go for the easy marks. We really. didn't go for the easy marks at all. And do you know that most of those rappers came from the late mid to late 90s? Yeah. We didn't even go into the early 90s. Which is a funny thing because it's kind of like it was a footnote into the list that we're getting ready to go into now we're getting ready to do this is when everything because the 90s was a legendary era that had its whack artists but this was kind of like the beginning of a whack era this era there were so many names i think that this was okay well let me start off by saying this the nine the, the 90s well not the 90s but um it was the 2000s yes Begin by saying this. The 2000s was a very weird year in hip hop. Commercially, everybody, it was the back end of the 90s where everybody was getting that 90s money. It was the turn of the century. Everybody was trying to figure out what's next. And Commercially, I've never seen hip hop more successful. Just from selling records, being on television, being everywhere. These people, they're pre, not, they're and not selling. This was pre-internet. Yeah, kind of. Kind of pre the internet I mean, was around, but the internet wasn't the internet. It wasn't like, the monster oh, five, it is oh, now. Four. It wasn't the monster it is now. It is now, man. Okay, so let's go ahead and just dig into this list. Uh, understanding that for me, the two thousands was a. I, I I didn't like rap aside from projects like Get Rich or Die Trying, artists like man. Little Brother, uh, College Dropout, Blueprint. It uh, was it was very it, it was a very um empty hollow time in hip hop. Yeah, we you know the bling era was going on. The R&B suffered, music was kind of suffering. Would I take that era over this era? I probably would in some in a lot of ways. But and I feel this, the opposite. This, I feel like I have more access to good music now than I did back then. Yes. And more access to it and more access to good music now than then and with the game being so diverse there's so many different places to look for it but i still felt like the early 2000s the the worst it could get for the early 2000s wasn't as bad as i i've heard it get now right yeah 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 as bad because some of these people that we're going to name on these lists some of them i can say they may be able to rap okay whereas other i mean now people aren't even attempting to rap and you know we've talked about that before i don't want to beat a, a dead beat that dead horse stallion you should beat that dead horse how do you make how do you make glue by by beating a, a beating dead, a dead horse dead dead um buffalo uh <laughs> <laughs> but no, all right so let's go ahead and get into this top 10 man this like i said this is another grown men top 10 2000s worst rappers Ten. An artist who, uh, what, what, what can I say about this guy? <laughs> He's a very successful person. He, he, highly very successful. highly successful. This guy is a very, high, very, very successful person. Um, I would say that he is the victim of his own success. Um, in a time where street cred was also important, important to your, uh, success as a rapper his street cred 
is it? It, he he has really, some. Now, don't get me wrong. Really? He has a little bit. I mean, he grew up in a rough neighborhood. His parents were drug. His father was a drug dealer. But that's pretty much everyone's story, almost. It's everyone's story. Everyone I guess. who grew up in his era, that's pretty much like, yeah, it's not really so, special. I guess it's not. I guess it's special. Well, it's not special, but it's uh, surprising coming from him. Coming from Coming just, from him, you wouldn't think that he had that kind of background. Just The Nickelodeon. Yeah, we're talking about the uh, former CEO of Nickelodeon, the uh, Mr. Wilding Out himself. Yeah. Nick Cannon. About three in a row, jumped in the six because I love him. Shorty, I only got one night in town. Tell me, baby, are you down? Bushes, we won't beat around. Bushes, we just eat a mouth. Filling your mosquito blouse. Seven jeans, black and Lebanese. Head to a knees. Please, if you ever need a bachelor, remember me. Just rock to the melody. With me, I thought you would never leave. You wanna name me like a Marie? You know the chain freeze, wrist be the same degrees. Trying to get little mommy in a thing of breeze. Only getting it for free. If cool you ass name, whack yeah, ass rap. Uh, he, <laughs> you know what, man? He he was just he was very bland. He was very bland, and he was one of those guys. He was a he was a actor who decided that he's going to rap, which kind of actor slash comedian. Not a good combination back then, especially. Um, back then, I remember him making one one kind of hit. It was a pretty solid hit with him and and R. Kelly. I think it was. Uh, Jiggle. I remember two hits. I remember technically, I remember three songs from Nick Cannon. I remember one uh, was Jiggle. I'm the a one Jiggle. Um, the second one was Your Pops Don't Like Me, uh, featuring J. Anthony Brown. Okay. Okay. And then he did a remake of Parents Just Don't Understand. He, they were trying. He's clearly clearly going, trying to be Will Smith. Dude, he was mentored by Will Smith. He was signed to Will Smith. They were trying to make him the next Will Smith. But there was just something too clean about him. Like when you look at, when when you listen to the song, Your Pops Don't Like Me. It is clearly down the Will Smith lane. It's not <laughs> not not Will Smith. It is clearly down the Fresh Prince lane. Something just didn't well pop off before before Will Smith became Will Smith. He was the Fresh Prince, and he was actually a dope lyricist. Yeah, as we mentioned in last last uh, the last show, that angered a lot of people. That pick kind of pissed off a lot of folks, and it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Remember, guys, we're talking about the Fresh Prince versus the Will. Will Smith. Right, exactly. So Will Smith was a, a hokey rapper that we didn't really enjoy. Fresh Prince is a legend. It, it, a extreme legend. legend. Extreme legend. That's what made him, that's what made Parents Don't Understand work. Those were well-written songs. And there's a reason why people are today, they still say, or they still uh, sing the, the opening for the Fresh <laughs> Prince of Bel-Air. And let's spill it out for you, born and raised on the playground is where I spent most of my days. Chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool and all shooting some b-ball outside of the school. When a couple of guys, come on, y'all, say it with me. <laughs> Started making trouble in my neighborhood. I got in one little fight and my mom got scared and said, you both with your auntie and uncle of Bel-Air. Rappers. Yeah. Rappers who actually want to rap. Rappers who actually use words. Because if you mumble and you then don't listen. But rappers, that is the best example of cadence and voice inflection. Listen to that and pay attention to what he's doing. And he is exclamating every bar. 
Ludacris did that. Too. Ludacris is another example, and Will Smith is another example. But you can clearly see it in that in the Fresh Prince theme song, the way oh, he's yeah, telling that story. Yeah. He's he's he he's, did that. A lot of rappers back then kind of they always did that. They always kind of but. I'm gonna be expressive and that kind right, of right exactly. But that song right there is like almost like connect the dots, rapping for dummies. If you listen to what he's doing and you take those examples and apply it to your own style, you'll be you'll improve your raps by like millions. But anyway, Nick moving Cannon, on. Nick Cannon kind of failed to land in that area, so that's why it worked out with with Will Smith. That's why it worked out with the Fresh Prince. Nick Cannon was just a comedian. And he, he should have stayed there. He was a celebrity who decided to go to music, but he didn't have the talent. So. He, he should have just, or, or, or the public interest. Um, coming in at number nine is a person that um, Jonathan Crane completely disagrees with, doesn't understand the point. That knew, is fine. Listen, I thought I thought that he was whack after the first album, okay? Uh-huh. I'm, not a fan of, I'm not a fan of this next person. Let me tell you why Nelly for me made this list. Because we're talking about the 2000s. And if we're talking about the commercialization of rap, then that is Nelly. Because Very true. the first album, Country Grammar, classic album. You I listen to it. I am going to call it a classic. Say, I don't know if I say classic, Dude, but I enjoy it. Country, we're going down, down, baby. You're straight in a range row. Boom, mm-hmm. boom. Come on, man. That is a classic fucking song. It is. And he has, and he has other classics. But as much as he has classics, he was exactly what was wrong with early hip hop. I could agree with that. He was uh, with early 2000s hip hop. Um, he was he was shiny. He was bling blingy. He would do anything to make us. He would make any fucking kind of song. There was no limit to what he would do. The guy would do pop, R and B, country. It didn't matter if it made money. Nelly would do it, and I think that made a lot of hits, made a lot of songs people enjoyed. But yeah, there was kind of there was an emptiness. The emptiness. He sold out. He sold out, and he sold out fast. I mean, by the time. is Hot in Here came out. That song was inescapable. And that's when I really, really started to hate Nelly. Maybe it was just, just because I couldn't escape that shit. Guess what? Because it was just. You wanna man. know when you old? You wanna know when you old? Yeah, yeah. Help okay, me about two, three years ago, there was a uh, Oak Mountain through a. Uh, they had a free concert. Uh, and I took my daughter to it. Yeah. She was about 13 at the time. Uh, Echo Smith and some other people. I just remember Echo Smith because that's what she was excited about. But it was a tip. It was a one hundred three point seven Q concert. Typical pop. Yeah, local radio station. Local, right? Exactly. And so they threw a free concert, and they uh, did had all these pop acts there. They threw on "It's Getting Hot in Here." The only two people that had a reaction were me 
And another mom I was standing next to. Wow. Everybody else, no reaction. I remember a time well, that's they were all when you could throw that song on. That song had a good 10-year span where you could throw it on and get a reaction. I, I kind of still see reactions there from was, people. Dude, that song came on. DJ played that song for a hot 20 seconds. There was no reaction. But if you The were, moment had passed. But if you're under 15, you probably don't know what the fuck that... You probably, you're probably looking around like, what is this? Yeah, exactly. And that's how, you that's probably how I knew. You know who Nelly really is, for real. You probably know the name, but... And that's how I knew I was old. That's how I knew I was old. That's how yeah. I knew I had finally got old. Damn. Because... I was the only one that got that song. You and that that, and we was turned. We was turned. We was crunk until we realized. Oh shit! Damn, ain't nobody else move. I guess I better stop. <laughs> okay then. And you know that's the part the ladies used to go crazy over. Like I, you know, anyway. and so do I. <laughs> yeah, I wanna. I want you to take clothes <laughs> off too. But anywho, uh, moving on to number eight is a man who made his. Debut on our last list. We're uh we're beating a, a dead glue glue horse. Yeah, we're gonna, yeah, we're going to beat With the this, shit out of this horse. We're trying to, to reinforce this, put this into your brain, and let you know that this guy negatively affected hip hop at a high level. Okay, <laughs> for, for two eras, for two different eras. Checking in the closet for my blue below suit. Piping all around it with the matching tin boots. Hop up in the wagon with the 20 inch shoes on. Oh. Riding down the street with a 20 G stack. Shorty paging me saying, Look up in the mirror, five or up on my back. It's. Uh oh. Pull up at the spot, smoking in the parking lot. Benzino. Yeah, Benzino. Benzino is on the list. Looking at my role, he is about that time. <laughs> and that's all I remember to that song. Eh, eh, eh. That's all I remember to the song. <sighs> he came out with uh, the "I See Booty" song. I think this was around. That was the, like the biggest song he came out with. "I See Booty." I see. Anyone remember that song? You don't. Good. Good. <laughs> you should be thankful. I see booty. Yeah, I don't know what it's called <laughs> actually, but I just like, go to YouTube. I look like, it up. I walk up to him and I just tell him like, "See one." And he looks good to me. When I go see him, I say, you come here. I say, I'm telling you what. Uh, I like you, and I want you. And uh, uh, we can do it the easy way out of the hallway. But whose choice is it? <laughs> it's never yours in, in a prison situation. <laughs> yeah, he's doing you a courtesy by talking to you. Oh, okay. okay. He's, he's doing you a favor. Um the conversation usually comes two and a half, three seconds before the rape, and then, and you know, you find yourself washing drawers and braiding hair and wearing uh, red Kool Aid as lipstick. And Benzino will be playing while it happens. <laughs> I see booty. I see booty. <laughs> Seven. I'm just your average hood nigga with dreams of getting rich But you don't get my crib big like a football field You might fuck around and think I signed a football deal But you don't get I take 15 minutes to drop a track, yeah I take half a minute to load my gas But you don't get I make them bounce all 
Oh, uh, moving on to number seven is another man who is just completely awful. We're gonna we're talking about the freestyle champion of the South. Yes, he is, man. That's what he called himself. We're talking about a man who could rap for hours on end and then in some kind of way not accomplish the art of saying a damn thing. Yeah. We're talking about a man who has mixtape after mixtape after mixtape. So many mixtapes. And it's so fucking uninteresting from a legendary crew. Yeah. From the screwed up click, the last generation of the screwed up click from Houston, Texas. Yeah. We're talking about Little Flip, Little ladies Flipper. and gentlemen. Little Flip. He's uh Have you ever have you ever really <laughs> Do you talking got, about, Do you remember the uh the cover? Do you remember the cover? With the Lucky Charms? With the Lucky Lucky yeah, Charms. Oh, I'm part of their complete breakfast with marshmallowy Lucky Charms. Yeah, man. That T.I. Uh, the Leprechaun. Name. That was his, that's right. He was the Leprechaun. That was his, that was his alias, the Leprechaun. Yeah, because he came from like, what What he came from? He came from a place in um, Texas called like Clover, Clover. Cloverdale. Or I think it was Cloverdale or something. Something like that. Like that so yeah. he, he decided to go with that look and it didn't work out. And he was assassinated by T.I. for it. One um, of, one of T.I.'s worst battles. <laughs> you know, you know. Um, I think I have a philosophy that when it comes to hip hop, that when you get as high as like a Jay Z or a Ti, that a, in order to protect your king, every king must go through a battle in order to protect his crown. But at that time, but at that time, he was just young Ti though. But but here's my point: every king must go through a battle to protect his crown. Jay Z had to do it. Eminem had to do it. Fifty Cent had there. So many legendary rappers had legendary beefs, and to in order, Biggie and Pac. So many had to do it to protect the, either on a high level or a low level. There was a battle. Ti was one of the only kings I know that had to protect his crown from weak ass rappers. I think the best that he had was against Ludacris. I think he had him and Ludacris had like a moment. There. They had a mo- and that shit fizzled out so quick. That was the one everybody wanted. Yeah, that was the one. Everybody- that was the one everybody was like, "We want this shit to happen." And that shit kind of was like a bubble. That shit came up and flared up and just went away. Oh man, we gotta stay for but Atlanta. This little flip shit. It oh kind of it went on a little bit longer than that. Yeah, everybody's man. seen the beep documentary, but I, I I remember hearing about Little Flip for the first time. Uh, from my buddy who was talking about how um, like he was telling me how terrible this dude was and that he was supposed to be the freestyle king so I prepared myself for actual freestyles see I think, I think he, was, he was trying to surprise me with how wacky he was he was kind of he was just letting me know like yeah man you know this dude's uh, he's a freestyle king Brandon I'm like oh really the freestyle king so I was like really yeah you thought you were actually here some bar see no 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 in Texas Shout out to all the people in Texas. No disrespect. I don't know if you've changed your philosophy since the early 2000s. But no, in Texas back then, freestyle didn't mean bars. Didn't mean lyrical structure. It mean a motherfucker who could just rap for a long ass time. I, I take that word rap back. Who could rhyme over a beat for a long ass period of time. That He, he did that. Yeah, the motherfucker would rap off of one beat for 30, 45 minutes. I remember when he, I think he rhymed Dracula, Acura. Uh, when I don't know when he, he, he spatula, yeah, something, spatula something like that, something like that. And I remember it was in one of the freestyles. I'm just listening to these freestyles, and I'm like, man, this dude is just saying shit. There's just not a lot to it, you know. Yeah, no, no, no. Little Flip didn't. He didn't have to do much. I guess the bar for being a freestyle king was low back then. You what just, happened to him, really? Because he's one of those guys. What? Why did he disappear? Do we care? 
Do you know how many Personally, songs that man fucked? Do you know the songs this man fucked up continuously? <laughs> they tried to make Little Flip an artist that you would look for. They would put this man on songs and he would fuck these songs up time and time again. The only. Do, do you remember Like a Pimp with David Banner? Of course. Yeah, that featured Little Flip. Man. Uh, game Time. Uh, there's countless songs where it was just like you didn't want to hear Little Flip. Rap. Shout out to David Banner for just being dope. And right. of course, and 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 I'll also I will give Little Flip his props for this. He is one of the original little young niggas. If it was not for him, these little young niggas wouldn't have little or young in front of their names. <laughs> there were there were quite a few uh, littles before. We him. had Little Wayne, Little Flip. Uh, so many man, and, and, and yeah, he was the, he was the original little young, little nigga. or young, little or young, which only works when you're little or young. When you're little or young, but when you're not little and young anymore, what you just you drop it. Flip is just uninteresting. <laughs> Who wants to be called Flip at forty five? You dude, can't even do a Flip. At dude 45. from uh, Above the Rim was called Flip. Yeah, it was above. That was a fictional character, Brandon. <laughs> no, it was real in my heart. This, it, 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 but it was a fictional. A man wrote that down. This person actually named himself you, Little Flip you, in real life. You can't take me alive. I'm getting okay. Never mind. You never take me alive. I'm getting high with my foot. Okay, um, not the time. Uh, I gotta stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. Okay, I'm coming in at number six. Six is a man who found his uh, place on reality television. He has. He's experiencing somewhat of a comeback. Some, but somewhat. He has a perm. Yeah, he just came out of uh, nowhere with the perm. Just can't, you can't just, just come out just of nowhere. Just change the, the game with the perm. Like I'm expecting in the next year and a half to see niggas with perms. Kinda, as a matter I'm of looking fact, looking forward to that. Just just a, so I can have something to laugh at. There's gonna be niggas with perms. See, it looks weird now. That's because this man is a forefather, a predecessor, a forward thinker. Do you remember uh, that part from Malcolm X where he got the perm in his head in the beginning? That was this guy. Yeah, I'm, that have, that's gonna happen to him. That's what happened with Young Jock, man. That's gonna happen with Young Jock. Coming in at number six, ladies and gentlemen, Young Jock. Now you can call me Tip Drill, playing my song. Throw a couple ones, then she throw away your thongs. When she puts it open, take a picture with my phone. She love my cologne, call it Perk by the Zone. Now she puts it popping, it's going down. Slap the waitress on the booty, tell her get another round. And when I make it rain, money all over the ground. Fresh Force One, Sean John, but. You can meet him at the mall. You can meet him at the mall. Um, you can meet him at the. <laughs> the you trap. can meet him in the trap. Yeah. Um, a predecessor of the whole trap movement as we know it today. Um, one of the original trap rappers. A uh, trap pop is what I like to call him. It's a good. That's a good way to describe <laughs> it. <laughs> it's trap pop. Um, it was very light. Very light. Another thing that was wrong with the two thousands. Um. Like I said, the 2000s for me was very weird because the music was very herky-jerky. And it was colorful. Even when it was like, it could be the hardest song in the world, but the video was really colorful, pretty, a lot of flashy shit in it. Exactly. Uh, Loud jewelry. That's why I appreciated M.O.P. Big-ass clothes. When when Annie Up came out, I was like, thank you. Thank you. Because that was kind of the perfect. It was kind of like the perfect response to all of that. So, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, Young Jock just... I was, Ooh, I was, <laughs> I don't, I, signed to Bad Boy. He was. Um, 
Bad Boy since about that. What was that? What would you say that was about? Two thousand two, two thousand three. Yeah, it was early two thousands. I would say. Yeah, Bad Boy's been making a lot of bad decisions since then. But you know what? That was successful. You found the success. You found like the the chart topping hit. But this is the same record label with Biggie. This is the same record label that I mean. For a while there, they had a run that was just an unstoppable run. I mean, Mace. I have a theory about Diddy. I think he just gave up on rappers. I think that having Biggie just hurt, losing Biggie, having something like Notorious Big and losing something the way he lost Notorious Big just shattered that man's soul in a way that is just creatively unimaginable. And he just said, I'll never just sign another rapper again. Because he has kind of fell into signing people who were very similar to to the guys that that he had that were the legends. Shine, Mace, mm-hmm. Loon. Yeah. Mace, he tried to duplicate Mace with Loon. Right. Tried to duplicate Big with Shine. Um, and I don't know what young Juck Jock <laughs> Young Juck. Young Juck. It doesn't matter. It's, it's fine. <laughs> young Juck, young Jock, young Juck. Yeah. Right. You know what? Let's not let's not give anybody any any names because somebody might be oh, I like that name, Young Jug. I'm, I'm joking, nigga. I'm joking. <laughs> so, you know, this generation will find anything and make anything out of it. Um, speaking of Jug, Number five. No, that was a horrible segue, but Juck is all I could think about the, the word. I couldn't even have a word to describe how awful this one man was. This was uh this was a pretty big pick for you, man. Allegedly, he dated. A, a, I, don't, I don't know if he did that, man. I, I don't know. I don't know if he did that. <laughs> uh, I, he, he spoke to someone online. He didn't know, necessarily know that it was a trans woman. Yeah, man. And well, uh, we can't say tranny anymore. Is that is that not politically correct? People are not fucking coming for me, and they're gonna come for you. <laughs> well, I can't say tranny. Come, they'll come for you, and they'll come for Joe, but they won't fucking come for me. So <laughs> tranny. you go ahead and say whatever the fuck you want to say. The tranny family. Go ahead. <laughs> no. Um, this guy once again, just another sign to DTP. You would think that um Nelly would would he would he would have immediately with his success picked up on this young talent. When you have success in an area, um, just prepare yourself because any any other famous rapper from that same area, not he's not gonna sign you. Well. I'm, this is what I'm trying to say, though, man. Like, okay, let, let's think about this. You had um, Nelly made it, then Chingy, then I think you had another person from a couple of other people from St. Louis. Maybe it was just a lunatic. Wasn't it? Was it? Was 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 uh, Jay Quan? I think from he St. was St. Louis. Yeah, St. Louis had a run. I just it, it was Atlanta. Like, you you take Atlanta. You had a bunch of you know you had the people we like from Atlanta, then you had the people we didn't like. You got Florida. You had the people we like from Florida. Then you had the people we but didn't like. But each of these areas, St. Louis is weird because there were no, that I know of, and I could be wrong, there are no legitimate rappers representing St. Louis. Or maybe they are, there and we're just legit, in that weird-ass some... internet time right now where there... we're just not seeing them. All you ladies pop your pussy like this. Shake your body, don't stop, don't miss. 
All you ladies pop your pussy like this. Shake your body, don't stop, don't miss. Just do it, do it, do it, do it, do it now. Lick it good, suck this pussy just like you should. Right now, lick it good, suck this pussy just like you should. My neck, my back, lick my pussy and my crack. My neck, my back, lick my pussy and my crack. in at number four is a woman who um what can you say about her um i can say a lot but i, I definitely didn't any, want anything to do with her neck back crack <laughs> kaya yeah coming no. in at number four um Ew. her neck her back her pussy and her crack um uh, also another legend she encouraged young men to eat the groceries before their time. Yeah, yeah. Well, she, you know, she was a pioneer. In she that was area. a pioneer in that area. She made a song about eating ass way before the the line that a Janae Aiko gave. Um, that line coming from her sounds different than it does from yeah, it's uh, like Kaya a, or Kia. Kaya, you mean like licking a trash can? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you mean? <laughs> it was stomach turning for me. It was a little stomach turning for me. The song was um like I would say this about her. Say what you want, go, but go she's ugly cute. Ugly cute? She's ugly cute to me. I don't see the cute part. I think she's ugly. I maybe I'm, I might need to look at her again from, from angles, what I remember from she angles, was ugly. If cute. you look from angles, see I used to see real interviews from her, so when you see the interview in the in the music video, I felt like she looked okay. Then when I maybe saw Maybe she got like, the music video image in my head. Yeah, when I saw the interviews, I was like, "Damn, she's kind of like a gross-looking I really just wasn't into her like that. We're just degrading women on all kinds of levels. Well, you know, I'm not. I'm just being honest. But I'm just being honest. Yeah, you know me, man. A chick doesn't even have to be beautiful or even super cute if she's a nice person. That's I'm all right with that. But it's just how you present yourself. And Kaya, Kia, whatever. She was a thug. She presented herself in a way that I'm kind of just like, eh. Surprised she was from Florida. She seemed like she would have been from Bessemer. Yeah, she should have been a Bessemer chick. Yeah, Bessemer. And we all know how Bessemer. I feel about those Bessemer chicks. Bessemer girls are pretty extreme. There's yeah, a place man. in Alabama called Bessemer that uh, I will never speak ill of. That I'm is- from Bessemer, so I'll speak ill of that. I love Bessemer chicks because they're pretty as hell and they'll cut your ass. Yeah, like I love a Bessemer chick. A Bessemer chick is the type of chick that that a that a nigga should steal a food stamp card just and give it to you for your birthday, nigga. <laughs> A Bessemer chick, that's the chick you send. You can you can send her to the store. She gonna steal you four new tires if you down on your luck, nigga. Damn man, I got a flat tire. I'm finna well, go you steal know, now, you one day. Now, baby. now, after you said that, maybe maybe I should definitely uh, think about talking to her if she can get me four tires for four week. tires. Shit, she she roll the motherfucker. A Bessemer chick will roll the motherfuckers out and look like, at and look at security like nigga what? That's like two hundred what two seventy five probably. I love Bessemer women, dude. Damn. That's pretty impressive. Be high, they got cell phones up under their titties and shit. What you need, an iPhone? Well, you know what, man? I changed my mind. I'll look her, her, what, uh, her, her back and her crack and her. Not Kaya. She still ain't getting no. I'm sorry. No, no, okay. Nah, I'm, I'm afraid of her. She the type of chick that'll just. I'm, I'm afraid of her. I think she had a gold tooth. Am I? She, I think. I think yeah, I mean, yeah. Listen, I, I, I got a side for the ratchet. I don't mind a gold tooth, dude. I, mean, I dated a, a gang member. A go. <laughs> I dated a gang member okay. so much. I dated. Please, a, a, please a, expound upon. Uh, she was a uh, she was a gangster disciple. 
Oh shit! Um, God damn, man. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, I was talking to her, and uh, was talking to another girl at the same time. Ah. Um, I got a call randomly after school saying that she, this other girl, couldn't talk to me anymore, and broke up with me. And I said, "Why?" And she said, "Because so and so met me at the bus stop and threatened to beat my ass if I didn't quit talking to you." Damn. So yeah, I mean, you know. But you know, it's something to be loved that much. You know, I, uh, I you know, I, I went through my thug stage. You know, as far as girls, as are far concerned? as girls, I went through my thug stage. I mean, they need love too. They need, you know, gangsters get lonely. Man, too. I remember I was at uh, <laughs> I was at Magadori, and this extremely hard girl. I, I was I was reading on on the bleachers. I was just reading a book or whatever, and I remember <laughs> this extremely tough, hard, light skinned girl. Was like, ooh, I love a man who can read. And Should've I was got like, with her. <laughs> and it would have like, been the best woman in your damn life. But I was just like, that, that shit made me laugh. Was she cute? Like, She's like, she looks she, okay. Should have got with her. Them, them thug ass women be the best one. They loyal. Who the, who do you? Who else do you want? To but take she was to extremely the club, impressed by the fact that I was just reading. I was. That's like, right okay. because niggas she deal with don't read. <laughs> thug niggas don't read. See, let me tell you I don't something. Say that for everybody. Thug niggas don't read. Niggas on that level. Thug niggas on that level. They don't read. They just the only time they read is when they get their letters from prison. They read <laughs> all the books. They read all the prison books and the dictionary. And they, that's the only time a, a thug nigga gonna read Sun, is in Sun prison. Zoo. You gotta read. You gotta read Sun Tzu, the Art uh, of War, uh, Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah, all that shit in prison. The Bible, all that shit. Oh, the Bible, yeah, yeah. In prison, yeah. they don't read outside of prison. They got too much thug shit to do. Thug girls want smart niggas. They need security too. And who else do you want to take with you in the club? I want my girl fighting next to me. I want a hard ass bitch with a razor in her mouth fighting next to me. Shit. I want a I want a bitch that'll bust another bitch over the head with a bottle. I don't want no. I gotta fight by myself. You crazy? I want a thug with me. Yeah, man. And then guess what? Nigga, we fight and then go home and make some passionate love, nigga. I'm seeing I'm seeing the appeal of this this all, entire all, life that you live. Listen, man. all these all you gangster bitches out there. Listen, I'm a nerd. Oh, by the by the way, and you know you love us. By the way, uh, holler at your boy. They're gonna, they they will, they will be hollering at you. Holler at me, your aggressive ass. <laughs> Just walk straight up to me, hey, nigga. I heard what you said on that motherfucking podcast. <laughs> I don't mind. Give a fuck. Lawrence G would like to be contacted by us. <laughs> Give a fuck. With your motherfucking gold tooth wearing ass. You got a motherfucking bandana around your head like it's 93 around this bitch. I don't care. Anyway, man. Oh. <laughs> moving on. That was great. That was great, man. Thank, Mo- you. Thank you for that. <laughs> moving on. There's another group that just fucked hip hop up for me at a time and just sucked the soul out of everything I thought I believed in. Um, They, they were responsible for um, grown men wearing... Um, Nightgowns, yeah, white dresses. nightgowns, dresses. dresses. Um, like for example, um, like sometimes you'll have a woman walk around the house and she's just wearing a long shirt. It's a really cute look. Yeah, it's you know, like I, when you I get love. when you and your third your, your third girlfriend yeah, come yeah. home from the a gang, fight, the gangster disciple chick. That yeah, you, yeah, and, and you, you you get finished hitting that thing, and she just put on see she put on a white tee and it's just big as hell. Yeah, that's that's what that's see she doing that shit because she a gangster. Other niggas but, just but doing what, that what shit because of this what group. What about the men who decided to go with this look? They they decided that they needed to wear a shirt that was literally down to their knees. Yeah, you know when you went to the gas station and got that four X white tee. 
It's like a five X. Five X white tee the shit that came down to your knees. You probably you're like five nine, one sixty five wearing a four X. Yeah, man. Yeah. How with does that a, work? With a do rag. <laughs> some motherfucking uh Allen Iversons and some Nike uh sweatbands around your wrist some wristbands. Nothing wrong with wearing Allen Iversons. So, yeah, man. Yeah. Nothing yeah. wrong with that, but we can't see him because your white tee covers them up. <laughs> covering your shoes. Coming in at number the three. Music. I slang in my white tee, I bang in my white tee, all in the club, spin game in my white tee, I bling in my white tee, the fiends in my white tee, fuck up, throw back, I look clean in my white tee, I slang in my white tee, I bang in my white tee, all in the club, spin game in my white tee. The music was horrible. The it music was not good. Um, um, coming from the Crunk era, uh, the predecessor to Trap. Uh, I think this was a Jermaine Dupree uh, concoction. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Um, dim franchise boys, the boys of the franchise. Um, as a matter of fact, correction, they did snap music. They didn't do crunk, and they didn't do trap. They did snap music. Why do they call it snap music? Uh, apparently, because you snapped. To yourself, you can do it all by yourself, baby girl. What's your name? I'm put some auto tune on that part. It's gonna sound like this yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. It's gonna, but yeah, snap music because that you know there was a little run of snap music in there. Atlanta's a very seedy history of of of, of musical genres. That song was inescapable. That was another yeah. inescapable song. It was kind of like Nelly's song, where you just could not get away from it. You in wanted to get away tea. from it. In my white tee, in my white tee, in my white tee, I'm a cook. In my white tee, clean. In my white tee, sleep. In my white tee, uh, beat my meat. In my white tee, you can't can't take it off even when you know it's so long. You know it's gonna take you so long to get you it. You must off just anyway. use it. It's you a might good. Well just go ahead. That's that's the napkin. You. It's a napkin. It's a good napkin. You, you catch it's it. A, you don't have to have to worry you know? about. And they decided to make songs about this. Yeah. And snap while doing it. Yeah, and snap while doing it. Which I don't with a shirt that damn big. How you manage to find your fingers to snap and wear a damn tent for an um, outfit is beyond my imagination. But they did it. Uh, coming in at number three, them franchise boys. Moving right along to a legendary group of awful human beings who did <laughs> everything. Them awful people. Awful human beings. I'll I, I'll say this uh, once again: a man's name who comes up quite often in this show, Freddie Freeze and I agree yeah. on two things about this group: they were a fucking horrible group. Um, but fucking horrible, fucking horrible, shitty music. But there was one individual in this group who, by gosh, if he'd have had his chance, would have been a star. <laughs> The 
group we're talking about coming in at number three is D4L, aka Down for Life. Yeah. The um, man we're talking about is Fabo. Drug addiction is a powerful thing. If that man had stayed the core, I was looking forward to a Fabo album. Fabo was going to be the shit. A predecessor to future and everything that he did. Fabo had personality. He had he had his own style. He had but the fucking group. It's Mr. Dinner. Come on, man. Yeah, man. Uh, I know that by this time, by this time, you were so entrenched. You were so disgusted with hip hop on that yeah, level. Yeah, man, I could. And I like couldn't. you were like digesting cannabis albums at this point, <laughs> yes. and like recycling Chino XL albums. <laughs> so you were like Joe. Joe and I kind of we lean in that in that area so hard um, that at least for me, you know, Joe Joe will listen to a radio song every once in a while and just just. And be entertained by it, even though he's never gonna Dude, buy that. Laffy album. Taffy was an awful fucking song. So but I don't. That bl- was I don't blame a, you guys. That was an un, that was an unbearable uh, song, man. And and you're right, man. I I, I shut my mind off to it. I you really had did. to, you know. Like I said, man, the 2000s for me. There, I, there I are glimpses. Like, yeah, there were glimpses of like there were glimpses of greatness, but there was so much. Horrible a lot of these shit. dance songs, a whole lot of these dance songs, and then I would hear it and I'd be like, "What the fuck are they even talking about?" Like, and then I'd just go and listen to Common. Yeah, you some know? shit that'll make you feel better about life, because yeah, man, you know, because in this in this time, you know, Common B kind of came out. Yeah, 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 yeah. All this different stuff came out, and it was like, man, you know, these this was some legendary music, and when this stuff would come out, it was just like another dance. You know what? And and Freeze talked about this before. It was the ringtone rap era. Right, exactly. So you had a lot of ringtone raps. A lot of these songs and a lot of this stuff was being created for your cell phone. It was right, it was of- very, the beats were very simple and very dumbed down so that you could hear them over the phone the way they were intended 50, to be heard. That 50 Cent song was the number one. That was that was like the number one example. What, Wankster? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was that was such a ringtone. Dude, when I first heard Wankster, I don't give a fuck if that was a ringtone song or not. Dude, I heard Wankster over, I think at this time I may have been delivering oxygen. As a matter of fact, it's deliver oxygen. Damn, that's pretty important. As long, this is like 2001, somewhere You in could there. turn that into like some sort of lyrical, nigga, I deliver oxygen to everyone. <laughs> I am not as good as, or bad as cannabis, depending <laughs> on how you feel. But um, um, I remember pulling up to this house and I'm unloading the oxygen. I'm getting ready to deliver it. And in the background, all I hear is, what the fuck is that? That shit was so, like, that. I had not had a moment like that. And, you know, there used to be a moment in hip hop, especially growing up, where you would hear these songs being played down the street. And it would just fucking just shut down your life. And you would be like, what oh, the yeah, man. fuck was that? Man, that I, was the what? last song I had that moment with. The I, I still have that moment from time to time. Not not in public. Because I don't hear those songs in public. Yeah, nobody does that. When was the last time you actually heard? I remember I heard someone else playing Little Brother in public. And I, I literally, I didn't want to talk to people at that time. I'm kind of like an introvert. And I, I wanted to talk to that person. I'm like, holy shit, this dude's playing Little Brother. I, I'm, I can't believe it. 
Right, you right, know? right. But it was some shit you already knew. Yeah. See, I'm talking about songs that you had never heard before. I had never heard Wankster until that. That was my first time I guess hearing Kiss, Wankster. I guess, I guess for me it was Kick Push. Kick Push was the last. Like when I heard it, I heard it in public, and it was like, "What the fuck is that?" Like, I tell you another one that had me, that kind of had me. It, it's sad now that I think about it, but I give it credit. That song was fucking hard when it first came out. Another song I heard on the radio, I hadn't. It just came out of the blue. I'm like, what the fuck is this? This shit kind of hard. Was uh, Wiz Khalifa's uh, Black and Yellow. When that shit came out, I was like, what the fuck is that? That shit kind of hard. And then eventually I started listening to it. And I think I think what made me not like that song was the fact that it got popular. I think I, I, think I was that guy. I <laughs> oh, don't be that dude, man. I think I was that guy back then. You can't then. be that guy. And then it got popular. And then I was like, eh, whatever. Um, Let's move on to number one. I, I, I want to set this you, man how up properly. Gonna, how are you going to build this up? How are we going to go into this? Listen, we need to set this up properly. Everything that you're hearing now. Everything that exists on the radio. The the, the rapping, one word, one syllable of beat, the stutter flow, the mumble rap, the production style. Yes. Um. The the everything that is going on in music right now with this younger generation everything started with this one individual i'll call the soldier boy you got a punch then crack back three times from left to right soldier boy i'm in it why me crack it why me roll why me crack that soldier boy that superman that oh. Say what you will about this young man. Yes. Say what you will. Not as young of a man anymore. Not as young of a man as, as you would think. Say what you want about Big Draco. But this man is the grandfather. He is. Of a current sound, for better or for worse, that is dominating the airways as we speak, coming in at number one for 2000's worst rappers. They know. They already know. They know. They know. <laughs> is Soldier Boy. Yes. I give that man stylistically. When Soldier Boy came out, I was a fully grown ass man. I had a child in the world. I was working a job overnight, doing twelve hour shifts. At this point, when Soldier Boy came into the world, two thousand five, two thousand six, somewhere in there, I did not give a fuck about this guy, and he was the absolute worst thing you could offer as far as hip hop. I didn't. Again, I didn't care as much. 
he was horrible for hip hop, but I didn't think that he was the ultimate destruction of hip hop, like everyone was saying. I felt they like, never are. They never are the ultimate destruction of hip hop. I, I felt like a lot of people went too hard with that. Like people were just blaming him for every all of the ill in hip hop, and I was just like, wait a minute, like this this is just some seventeen year old kid who made some stupid song. I mean, it, one of the first internet rappers. Everything. He was. Everything that we do now on the internet. This was the first guy. He from YouTube videos. What do they call it? Like an outbreak patient zero? Exactly. He was patient zero. Everything that we do now from YouTube videos to dance crazes to social media outreach. He say what you will about this guy as a rapper. But if it was not for him. The music industry would not be what it is right now. And you can say that for better or worse. You that know, is a two-sided coin. You know, um, even though I don't get any, I don't really say that this guy is like the worst thing that ever happened in hip-hop like some people do or some people did at the time. I, I get kind of like, and tell me if I'm wrong, you know, for, for this, because it's wrong. You know, at least I feel like it is. I kind of get a sick, sick pleasure in the fact that now he's 27 and now the 15 year olds and 12 year olds and <laughs> don't give a fuck about don't him. give a fuck about him talk shit about him laugh at him look at him they they troll him them, he gives them big draco gives them too much to laugh about so it doesn't really matter he's with the guns and the pointing the guns and being stupid and doing all of this shit and i was like weren't you at one point that young dude who was laughing at ice tea do you remember that yeah do you remember when did, you did were really unnecessary ice tea Oh, two things. Did you remember when KRS-One came to his rescue and said that he was now hip-hop? Yeah, yeah, I remember. That was a fuck. Like, why? That was weird. Wait, that was weird why KRS-One? I don't know, man. Why? I, I, don't, I don't know what he could. I, there was I, nothing I choose, you could do to save him at that I time. I love and respect KRS-One, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to edit. I'm going to edit that from my, from my existence. I don't want to think about that. But, um. Yeah, that, that's that's the sick pleasure that I'm getting from what's going on with Soldier Boy right now. It's like, how does it feel, man? You're 27, 28 years old. You're not so young, even though he still is really young. But according to these people, they treat him like that's a grandfather because he's like 27, 28. Yeah, because these motherfuckers was like six. They were. They were like six years old. <laughs> Five, six years old, if they were born. Six years old cranking that Soldier Boy. And so now it's like, I, I bet sometimes he looks at himself in the mirror like, God damn. I was a fucking asshole. He still is. You know, I, I really am. Like, this is how I was. This is what I was doing to people. Like, this is how. Yeah. Yeah. We all get old. That's a warning to everyone listening to. One day you're going to get fucking old. Remember that shit. You're going to be old. You're going to be irrelevant. And all the young, the little young fucks will stand around you and dance and laugh and point. And It'll be like the end of Black Caesar. You remember the end of Black Caesar? <laughs> I do not remember the end of Black Caesar. Like at the end, like he gets replaced or whatever, like a bunch of kids like uh, kill him. Like it, like that's it. That I think that's how Black Caesar ends. If I'm incorrect, correct me. I I, I got to see Black Caesar. I've never seen the end of Black Caesar. Yeah, man, check it or, out. Or, or or I haven't seen it in a very very. It's, long a, it's a classic uh, black exploitation movie. So yeah, man. Um, let's let's break down this list again. For those of you that don't understand or don't know why we did this, let me just break it down to you like this. For me, the two thousands was a fucked up era in hip hop. <laughs> it was really depressing. It was a very depressing era. There, I was... have never been angrier about music. 
And maybe it was just because of my age, because this is a time when I was in my early 20s. Right. When you're in your early 20s, you're just angry anyway. You don't even know why the fuck you're angry half the time. I was just I was just pissed off, and I took music very serious. Yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all did take music very serious. I specifically remember that time with you and Joe when you guys were like, if it was underground, you fucking guys. That was Joe's experimental stage too. When Joe would just go into a record store and just pick up CDs based off album covers and listen to them. That worked out sometimes. It worked out. It, it sometimes. I found and, Jedi mind tricks because uh, Joe Joe did that. You know, wow. so um, Vinny Paz, all that type of stuff came from him actually doing that. Yes, that's right. We used to still go and pick up music from a record store. Yeah. A record store children is a building that had these things called compact discs. A compact disc is a. Oh, um, you don't have to explain what a cassette disc you is know what, now you because little, they came back. You little young fucks just go Google. That's what you did. No, no. They actually people are selling uh, cassette tapes. Um, I think all these new artists now they're, they're making the cassettes again. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But CDs is what I'm talking about. The original run. Wow. So let's um let's go back over this list again before we get up out of here. Coming in at number ten. I'll take one, you take one. How about that? Coming in at number ten is Nick Cannon. Coming in at number nine, Nelly. At eight, Benzino. At number seven, Little Flip. At number six, Young Jock. At number five. Right there. Chingy. <laughs> and number four, my neck, my back, lick my puss and my crack. You can you can have that. I'll, I'll, I'll pass on that. Is a Kaya. At number three, uh, the white tee wearing franchise boys. <laughs> and at number two, D4L. And at number one. Number one, the legend. The legend himself. Big Draco. <laughs> the purple gun. <laughs> the purple gun toting, lean sipping, fake jewelry wearing. Shootout storytelling. Shootout storytelling. And I raised back and I was like, bah. <laughs> bah. <laughs> bah. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. He was almost juice. He was almost in a new remake of Juice. Oh. I hope they ever do that. Soldier Boy. I don't know how you guys feel about that. I don't know how you guys feel about that list, but we decided that there were so many awful rappers during this time that um, next week we're probably going to have to do part two of the 2000's worst rappers list. Um, This has been another episode of the Grown Ass Man Hip Hop Show. I am your boy, Lawrence G, and you are Jonathan Crane, the master of fear. And like we always say about this time, grown folks, don't go out there and do no dumb ass shit. Why? Because grown ass men do grown man shit. And we out. The Grown Ass Man Hip Hop Show 
is brought to you by Fourth Coast Media, produced by Lawrence Tremell, and recorded at Fourth Coast Studios. This is a Fourth Coast Media production. Fourth Coast? What?